Hello folks, welcome to the Ronin Rabbit Podcast, a Usagi Yojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. Been a little while since I uh, had a chance to sit down and talk about Usagi, but uh, not to fear, I have been reading, just haven't had a chance to sit down and record, which, as you hopefully can hear, I'm rectifying today. The uh, story that I'll be talking about today is A Mother's Love, as uh, it first appeared in Usagi Yojimbo Volume 1, Issue 8, published in May 1988 from Fantagraphics. Now, my source material is the two-book um, hardcover edition, the special edition, from Dark Horse that was published a couple years ago, maybe three years ago at this point. So that's, that's where I'm getting this information from. Story opens with uh, Usagi sitting, uh, having a meal uh, with a, an older woman. Little grassy um, place here, not necessarily a knoll, or, but there, but there's an overlook where they're eating. It's overlooking a, a nice valley, a, a vista that uh, Mr. Sakai has drawn for us here. And uh, we see over here in the side that Spot is having some lunch as well. Spot is. Usagi's pet Tokagi. After eating, the uh, old woman uh, begs off and says, It's nice meeting you, but I must continue on my journey so that I can get back to my home village before it gets dark. Usagi asks if he can accompany her, indicating that actually he's on his way to the same village, and she says, No, no, I, I don't want to be any bother. He says, Well, then, if I can't accompany you, allow me to carry you there. So uh, he does indeed carry the woman, and uh, they're talking as they're journeying, and she relates that she has been on a pilgrimage to pray for her son, and Usagi gives the proper condolences. They get to the village, and Usagi by this time is starting to wear down a little bit, carrying this this woman, and as they come into the village, they see a, uh, a larger man uh, beating up a smaller one, uh, with the villagers here in the background very scared, the uh, the tough guy turns to the other villagers and tells them that that's an example that nobody should be late with their payment. The old woman screams out at this individual. We find out that his name is Bonjuro. And he dismisses her and tells her to mind his own business. And he goes storming off, uh, victimizing other villagers as he goes, pushing and kicking them. The old woman goes up to the, the injured man and is trying to console him when another woman comes out uh, and tells the old woman to go away, to leave her husband alone. And we see that somehow the villagers find her responsible for this fear that is permeating the village, these tough guys that are going around beating people up, apparently. So they continue on, Usagi and the old lady. I've meant to mention it on the on the very first panel we're introduced to a new term i believe it's pronounced obasan which uh, is japanese for a female senior citizen mr sakai here defines it for us as old woman and it's uh, also can be translated as grandmother but i don't think that it's grandmother as in the formal proper grandmother but rather grandmother as seen as a sign of respect to an older female citizen calling her grandmother 
kind of like I believe it's in India, and maybe some other countries where uh, older women are called auntie. Not that they're really an aunt, but that's just a, a friendly term meant to indicate the, the age difference. Okay, so back to the story here. Usagi and this older woman, she invites him to come to her home. And as they get there, we see that the uh, gentleman, Bunjuro, who had been beating up the villager initially, is there and threatens Usagi that uh, his boss, her son, has not said that any visitors can come. And in threatening Usagi, Spot immediately jumps on him. But being much bigger, Bunjuro grabs Spot and is about to choke him out when Usagi quickly raises his sword and politely tells the gentleman to release Spot, which he does, and kind of backs away from his initial threats and said, well, I, I guess after all it's okay if you do stop by for a quick meal. Uh, much as bullies typically do, this is a, a typical representation of a bully. They're bullies until they're confronted, at which point they quickly back down because they're usually not as brave as they as they seem. While the old lady and Usagi are enjoying a, an evening meal, her son busts in. Uh, we find that his name is Atsuo, and he immediately admonishes her for bringing this stranger in, this flea-bitten samurai, into their house. And as she attempts to explain what's going on, he reaches out, her son reaches out and strikes her. At which point, Usagi immediately takes a an aggressive stance with his sword. He doesn't pull it, but he does grasp it and makes to to defend the woman, uh, at which point Atsuo tells him to stop. It's not any of his business. Uh, Atsuo has several bodyguards who have already pulled their swords, and they, they talk Usagi out of doing anything. However, Usagi does demand from Atsuo that he apologize to his mother, and in a series of panels here, we have ten mini-panels, uh, juxtaposed one above the other. Usagi and his face is in the top, and Atsuo and his face is in the bottom. We see in the top, Usagi maintains uh, what, what you can only call a, a mean mug, which is an MMA term. And in the bottom, we see that Atsuo uh, attempts a mean mug, but his face softens, and finally he reluctantly gives in and apologizes to his mother. So, in these ten small panels, we see that uh, just by visage alone, Usagi forces Atsuo to uh, change and apologize. Ultimately, as as the story will go on, this I believe is a is a pretty good example of the the metal of the man. Usagi feels much more deeply in what he's doing than what Atsuo is doing. Now, you can also go so far as to say that it is successful because Usagi is right and Atsuo is wrong, but right and wrong is such a an abject kind of uh, determination. I, I much prefer to think that it's the it's the metal of the man that is being displayed here, and we see that down deep, uh, Atsuo does not have the conviction of his belief as he wants people to believe, whereas Usagi never wavers. So uh, Atsuo does leave. As I said, he, he is forced, in essence, to apologize, which he does, and on his way out, he tells his mother, fine, fine, he can stay, but only tonight he has to leave in the morning.
Immediately, Usagi apologizes to the woman for what he feels is the disharmony that he has brought to her house, where she, in turn, apologizes for the behavior of her son and laughs it off in turning the the thoughts and conversations to Usagi that he did nothing wrong. He is the very upright and polite guest that that uh, people in this culture feel that the guest should be. He is he is doing everything appropriately. As they Usagi and Atsuo's mother continue their meal, they're enjoying each other's company, having a good time, and we see Atsuo outside uh, grimacing in that he lost this bit of face both in front of his mother and in front of three of his retainers, uh, which, you know, it's just a scene of him outside the room grimacing while they're laughing. That is my interpretation of what Mr. Sakai is, is relaying here. Next day, uh, we see that uh, Atsuo's mother is is walking Usagi out as he is leaving the village, and finally she relays the story of what exactly is going on here. Turns out that her husband, Atsuo's father, was a moneylender with a much, much more forgiving spirit in the village. And he was very forgiving and worked with people, and so upon his death, many, many people in the village owed this family a debt. Uh, her son stepped into the position and was not quite the man that her husband was. He used much more mean, strong-arm tactics in collecting, in raising fines for non-payment, uh, the tax for, for taking out a loan and all these things, much more differently than what his father had done. And so in doing all these things, the ire of the village was on the young man, but of course the young man's mother bore uh, a part of the responsibility, and I believe perhaps in, in these these times, uh, as depicted by Mr. Sakai, that honor uh, very much relied on the parents, and so that not only did the children, you know, if they were dishonorable, a very large brunt of the responsibility was on the parents for the child's dishonor. So the village uh, looks evilly upon the mother for the doings of her son. And as they uh, continue to, to stroll through the village, and, you know, the, she's walking him out of the village as Usagi continues on his journeys, uh, she relates how she doesn't understand what happened, what went wrong, tells some stories about Atsuo when he was a little child. She used to hold him and sing him to sleep and all, all the typical mother-small-child kind of things. As we all know, there comes a point when the individual asserts him or herself as an adult and the way that they handle themselves may or may not be the same as how they were raised to handle themselves. We make a choice and you know we, we continue on the path of that choice and and so we we all know about that. She uh as she's racked with this guilt which um you can't really tell if it's genuine or fake. Uh, there are things in the story that lead you to believe both, so I'm not sure what we're meant to believe, if we're meant to believe one over the other. Perhaps uh, one of the ideas of the story is to leave you questioning. But he tries to, Usagi tries to assuage her guilt, 
and she wishes that something could be done with her son, uh, he actually is so evil that he just deserves to die. Which suddenly she comes up with the idea that Usagi, being a samurai, you could kill him. And, you know, quickly it would be clean. Nobody would ever give you any grief about it because of how he is perceived in the village. And immediately Usagi puts a stop to that and tells her he is not an assassin. He is a samurai and he is bound by that honor, that code, and he will not set that aside for anyone for any reason. That's who he is. That's how he lives. She immediately apologizes for uh, impugning on his on his reputation, on his, his sense of, of right. He says, forget about it, Usagi being ever the, the magnanimous creature that he is, um, quickly changes the subject. They continue to talk, and as they're walking, she uh, suddenly invites her back to her home, or she invites him back to her home for one last meal before he, he goes on his walk. Now, all of this time, I thought that they had left her house and they were walking through the village. So apparently they're just walking around the village and they're still close enough that they can return to her house. With all of these up and down emotions and everything, Usagi does uh, feel that it would be appropriate to um, enjoy her company over a meal one last time and then he will continue on his journey and as he's um arrives near the house later that evening he is uh set upon by three men who we see were the retainers of atsuo who came into the room with him when he was admonishing his mother earlier in the story for bringing usagi into their home and they immediately set upon him and attack him. He's asking why, what's going on. They never answer. He and Spot, I will say, quickly dispatch the three of them. Usagi immediately uh, marches into the compound, yelling for the master of the compound, Atsuo, yelling to see Atsuo's mother. He's confronted by another retainer that he quickly dispatches. Spot, meanwhile, is going on his way, I assume looking for the same things Usagi is looking for, but in that Spot doesn't talk and there are no thought bubbles, we don't know what he's doing, but I assume that's what he's doing. And as he's looking, he being Spot, as Spot is looking around, he is uh, beset upon by Bunjuro, who quickly grabs him up and attempts to choke him as he did in the same manner previously when Usagi forced him to release Spot. This time as they're fighting, Spot manages to wrap his tail around Bunjuro and chokes him out, ultimately killing him. And we know this because we see one of the death heads over Bunjuro here. So uh, The other four that Usagi dispatched, we didn't see any death heads, but you can kind of tell by their repose that they're all dead. Usagi continues on into the main house of the compound, yelling for Atsuo's mother, referring to, her, referring to her as Oba-san, uh, which I imagine is, in this instance, grandmother. Um, opening the, the final room, being that room in which he finds them in, he looks and suddenly he sees that she is crouched on the floor holding her son in a pool of blood. She tells Usagi that he's dead. Uh, 
She killed him. There was nothing else she could do. Um, she apologizes to Usagi because what she did was told Atsuo that the village had hired Usagi to kill him. That's why he had sent his retainers out, why they had just blindly attacked Usagi. She did this to get Atsuo alone so she could ultimately kill him, which she did. Um, then there are many, many panels here. Basically what is occurring is she is asking Usagi for his forgiveness. And Usagi basically tells her that her forgiveness is not for him to give. And that he hopes ultimately that she does receive the forgiveness that um, she is looking for, perhaps needs. And very sorrowfully he leaves a tear streaming down his eye and as they're exiting the compound, walking amidst the dead retainers that Usagi dispatched. The final panel, as he is walking, we see Spot here in the corner howling, uh, which you can't necessarily tell, but my assumption is mournfully as if, as a uh, wolves do in the movies or something. That's kind of what I heard in, in my mind's eye when I read that particular panel. So, there's our, our story for today. Um, the Really the only term that I saw in there that we hadn't run across before was indeed the Obasan. And I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I couldn't find anything that would uh, aid me in the pronunciation. Next episode, we will talk about the return of the blind sword, swords pig, which was in issue 9 of the first volume of Usagi Ujimbo published in July 1988 by Fanographics. Uh, kind of looking forward to that, because I've, I've missed him since he's not been around. And I hear that there's a pretty good fight scene in that story, too. So, uh, Don't have any feedback for this episode. I do want to thank Mr. Derek Coward for his help with the Deliberate Noise and Comic Book Noise websites, which, are the, which the reader feed, the website that this show is on, is uh, a part of, a member of. If you do want to leave any feedback, uh, you can get in touch with me at usagipodcast at gmail.com. The website for the show is thereaderfeed.com. You can leave comments on each of the shows as they're posted there. do want to thank, actually, um, Steve, the overseer of the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo on Facebook. Uh, he allows me to post notice of new shows there. Ronan Rabbit does have a Google Plus page. And last but not least, if you do download from iTunes, please take a second and leave a review. Help more people find the show, which, you know, it's kind of an ego thing for me. The more people listen to it, the cooler it is. But I hope that there are people out there that would find talking about Mr. Sakai and, and this period in Japanese history kind of entertaining and, and you know, could help educate me as well as, as finding something entertaining to listen to for 15 or 20 minutes every couple weeks. So thanks a lot, guys. Hopefully I'll get another episode out here in a lot shorter time uh, in between than this one came out from the last. And we'll talk to you again next time. Bye. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivatives, 3.0, unported license.